Thank you for listening to this episode of the Parent Stuff Podcast. My name is Evan Semenko. I'm the host, and each week I try to bring an interview to talk to someone to help you as a parent win. It's Valentine's week, so love is in the air, and today I'm talking to Perry Reed, a professional counselor who works with adolescents to talk about dating, talk about when to talk to your kids about love and the, the S word, and when to be able to go and have those conversations, what that looks like, and ways to help you as a parent, because it's awkward. It's weird. Nobody wants to talk about sex, but it's important. And we want to help you to know how to do that better. And so thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading this episode. We hope that you enjoy it. Give us a five-star review wherever you're listening. It helps people to find the podcast. And make sure you subscribe and tell a friend. Send it, text this episode to somebody who needs to talk about dating with their kids. Give them a little hint, and we appreciate you. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Perry. We are back. Perry Reed. My favorite guest, my most frequent guest. <laughs> I actually can't say my favorite guest because my daughter and wife have been on now. And so that might <laughs> now, be offensive. I don't offensive. want you getting in trouble. That's either. right. But you are one of my favorite repeat oh, guests. There we Wise, go. full way. of knowledge. Oh, thank you. And always willing to come talk for 30 minutes with me. And that's a big win. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> Thanks I love for doing that. it. Yeah. That's right. So, Perry, if somebody hasn't listened to your episodes, I'm going to put a link for previous episodes. But tell us a little bit about you, real quick. Do your. Your little spiel. Okay. I shall do my spiel on that. How do you even spell spiel? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was any never a good callers, welcome in. We don't have a call. So, you <laughs> know, whatever. Line. Facebook Evan. Um, so, yeah. I'm Perry Gilbert Reed. I am part owner in uh, Shreveport Counseling and Restoration Center. Which is growing, it's booming. growing, yes. So, we have Whitney Voss. We now have on staff um, Heather Ferries and Jennifer Derrick. And so, we are excited to have them partner with us as well. Well, so we're looking forward to that new journey with them, but it's a it's a great place. There you so go. I love it. Yeah. And you've worked with kids for a long time. You were a high school teacher, and it's Valentine's week, Perry. Yes. Love is in the air. <laughs> Do you like the chocolates? Are you a chocolate person? I'm a chocolate-covered cherry person. Oh, the cordials? Ooh. Those are good. And they pretty much end at Valentine's Day. They're gone. They have a good run from Thanksgiving to Valentine's That's Day. That's right. Have you ever tried the chocolate-covered blueberry? Uh, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. I like, I like that big, juicy, gooey stuff that comes out of it. You can't see Perry's hands, but she was acting out what it looks like. <laughs> now, see, I never have to ask, what do I do with my hands? You have you know? no problem with I that. got it. I got a it. A hand person. But we're talking about <laughs> love and dating, Perry. Twelve. You have actually dated more recently than I have. But <laughs> friends of mine that are single in their 20s and 30s. I know it's a nightmare. (laughs) No, it's difficult. (laughs) And we want to create good dating habits in our kids. Yes. And help them to succeed and set them up. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I would love to talk about that. All right. So let's go back in the way back machine period. Let's talk about your first dates. Ugh. Ugh. (laughs) That's how I think most people probably feel looking back. So are we talking about like my first date as a teen or my first date with Brian Reed? Oh, I think (laughs) both. I want to hear both now. I was going to do teen and... But now, all right, here goes. And right. I was a horrible dater. Um, no, I really did not date in high school, so okay. I just didn't. Have... Like you had never been on a date, or you went on a couple. All right. No, I mean, like I did the homecoming thing, but they were all friends. So my real first date was in college, and <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell on myself. Like, I'm ready. Okay. So you know, oh, oh, can I tell you like my very, very first opportunity today? Sure. Okay. So I was eight, and this little boy was in my class, and he thought I was adorable because, you know, at eight I was. And so he wrote this little note, will you date me, yes or no? And he slid it over. I opened it up, and a dollar bill fell out. And I think that kind of makes you a prostitute, Perry. (laughs) 
Did you go on the date with him? No. Okay, Mark, good. No, I handed him the Kept the money? Kept the dollar. Nice. There's, there's that. There's that. Yeah, dates um, for money we frown upon here at the Parent <laughs> Stuff Podcast. So it happens at eight, folks. It happens at eight. Um, but yeah, in college, I think, you know, I it's hard for me because I didn't have the best childhood. So when I, I was really scared of dating. I was really scared of giving my heart to anybody. So I was pretty cautious um, yeah. even then. And so, you know, when I went out on a date, it all depended. The very first date was I really didn't want to go out with the guy, but he wouldn't leave me alone. So I just didn't talk the whole time. Like Stonewall, completely yeah. silent? Yeah. Wow. So that was a fast dinner. I bet. <laughs> I have grown up since then. <laughs> there you go. Well, I was not expecting that, Perry. Yeah, yeah. There no, you go. So me, not talking. Typically, I'm the latest person I know that has not gone on a date. I was not to 17 when I was on my first date, one-on-one, like a real date. Yeah. And so you were older than me. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's what I keep We're hearing. in the minority. <laughs> Right, and right. I was a middle school pastor, worked with high school students for the last 10 years. You've seen a lot of students. You taught high school. I would say it's definitely skewing younger, mm. not older mm-hmm. in general. I yes. wouldn't know if you'd agree with that, just yeah. anecdotally. Yeah. And so with parents trying to figure that out, like for me, I've said this a lot and people listen often. I have young kids. We're not in that phase yet. Thank God we're easing into it. But my six-year-old started talking about the first boy that she liked. Mm. And dad's world, that, I did not like it. <laughs> And opens up a whole new can of worms. <laughs> and that's what kind of triggered me to have this conversation with you of let's talk about the different phases of kids and what to say. So when Nora says she likes a boy, I'm not a big gun person. I'm not like going to go shoot him, <laughs> but I discourage that. We pat that down in our house. <laughs> but what would you say to talk about with parents? What are some things that you would advise them of what to say about dating, what not to say, maybe some things that we think are helpful or would be good that actually do some harm? Just in general, what are your thoughts about talking about dating in your house? Sure. So, you know, the earlier you talk about things, the better. So even in the realm of having the sex talk with kids, you know, I get that a lot. I'm not ready to have that yet. And, you know, I respect that in a parent's world because that's hard. That that sometimes for parents is a little bit of a grieving because there's a loss of innocence. That's exactly what I was going to say, right? Yeah. And so, but the sooner we talk about it, the more we normalize it. And so then the child isn't scared to ask us questions. This child's mm. not scared to even if somebody's doing something to them, it's not a shame based. It's very natural part of the conversation, but you can put boundaries around it as a parent. So, you know, um, as you talk about those kind of things, even in the dating world is I like a boy. Well, first of all, understanding what like a boy means to Nora because liking a boy is like we play together every recess but you know what I can handle every day okay recess. yeah that's, <laughs> that's that makes cool. you feel better you play with him as much as you want at recess as long as I'm ready to see you um <laughs> <laughs> Somebody I'm going to drive by the, <laughs> the chain link fence and watch. Yeah. Um, so being able to to do that. But if it's like, well, I really want to hold his hand. Well, then we may have to put boundaries around that. You know, like, I respect that you really like him. He's probably like your bud. You really want to hang with him. But you know what? We want to wait on that. We want to make sure that, you know, we keep our hands to ourselves right now because that's just important for us at this point maybe later right but it's important for that part of it in addition we need to make sure that when it comes to children it's interesting i looked when i knew i was doing this podcast i looked on p research which i love their stuff um and it said 35 percent of teenagers 13 to 17 are in romantic relationships not just relationships but in romantic 
concrete dating type relationships. And 16%, uh, I think, of, of teens have never dated, like, you know, both you, you and, and I did until we were older, I was way a senior, older right? um, on that. And so, you know, when, a, when our young ones come to us because they like and those kind of things, it's important to understand that that's okay to have those feelings because, you know what, they're watching mom and dad. You know, some of that, or yeah. they've watched something on TV, or they've watched, you know, read something in a book. So we don't want they probably to. probably not read books, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, probably Charlie the dog doesn't have a lot about romantic That's relationships. That's right. Twilight. Um, I know you have strong feelings about Twilight. Not yeah. good book examples. Uh, you don't even want to. Come on now. <laughs> you know my story on I Twilight. Do. I do. Um, and so, you know, being able to normalize that type of conversation is important so that when they're not just six, but 16 they're able to talk to you right. about those types of relationships. So if we discourage it and we sh- and not discourage it so much, but put boundaries around it. Uh, but if we just like shame it and no, you're not doing that. Well, why not? Then we get the question of curiosity coming into play. Right. So normalizing it helps take some of that pool out and you have a little bit more manageable so situation. I'm about to have a heart attack that you're wanting me to go home and have ignore this sex talk now. What does that mean <laughs> on a practical level and a six-year-old? And let's kind of so, go yeah, elementary I know, school. Right? Like I threw that. Uh-huh, I'm sweating. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there are age-appropriate conversations you have about that. So it's understanding, you know, our bodies and it's okay to have feelings for others and, you know, understanding what your parts are. A lot of what the, the sex talk at this age would be is understanding, you know, what it is to love and to like. What's the difference between those two? And, you know, you might feel butterflies in your tummy, and that's okay to have those, but we've got to know that we have a no-no square, and nobody's touching Again, that no-no square. you can't see it, but your no-no square. <laughs> <laughs> your chest to your waist, basically. Yes, exactly. Exactly, and understanding who's allowed to see those parts who aren't. Um, and that, if you know, understanding the questions of, they may be asking, so, Mom, where did I come from? Well, if, if you've ever seen, I don't know if you ever watch Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes, my parents oh my love gosh. Everybody Loves Raymond. Funny show. And there was an episode about that. And it's like, I'm not, I don't know. He comes in with all these books, you know, textbooks. <laughs> and of course, he asks nothing about what's in the textbooks on that. Um, so, you know, not being scared of the conversation. If you don't know an answer to the question, it's okay to say, you know what? I don't know that. But can dad get back with you on that? And being able to know that you have the permission to do that as well. That's good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there's a show on Disney Channel about storks. So I'm just going to say it's the storks. They brought the babies. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> like, but it what? is. It can make it weird and uncomfortable. And it can, but it it's important. It's important. And we put it off and avoid it and think it'll work itself out typically. And then they wake up 10 years later and are looking for answers other places or doing it. And so I worked with middle school kids a lot. Let's talk about, so now they're in middle school. Maybe they want to go on group dates. What are mm-hmm. some things you would encourage parents of a little bit older kids now that probably aren't old enough to date, but want to. <laughs> yeah, so I think, especially if you're sending them out on a date, you need to have had the sex talk with them. They need to understand, because let's just be real, We well, there's a couple of chemicals in our body. We have something called oxytocin, and that's our cuddle hormone. That's what they call it. Um, and part of that is it feels good, and we you know, want to hold the hand, or we want to cuddle up when we watch the scary movie or something like that. But we also need to understand that our body's going to respond because we're human with that kind of thing. But we also, if we have not had the sex talk and those kids don't know that, it's like, I don't I don't know. Now I don't know what to do with my hands. Not only do I not know what to do with my hands, I don't know what to do with my body right. with this. And so, you know, being able to understand that, I think when 
when it's possible, when there is a male figure in a child's life, let's say that it's a male and um, the female child of understanding what dating is, how should a male treat you? You know, um, one of the things that, and I looked on Child Mind Institute as I was uh, researching for this.org, is we want to be cautious because I think, you know, going back to Twilight, when Twilight hit, everybody thought, I want Edward everybody should have an Edward or you had team Edward and you had team Jacob, you know, and I'm like, y'all both dumb. Cause <laughs> that girl, no drop her. She'll figure it out. You know, that's my whole take on it. Um, you had and, strong feelings. I remember <laughs> strong feelings about that. That is absolutely right. Um, but you know, I think it gets idealized and romanticized sure. and nobody talks about all the underlying stuff and that's just not reality. Right. And so being able to understand what an abusive relationship is even, you know, there have been instances where I've had people in my office of like the boy won't quit talking to me and he shows up everywhere I am. Okay. That's a problem. And you need to, there needs to be enough conversation that was had previously that that child knows that's not okay for you to treat me that way, whether it be male or female. Um, and so understanding that, understanding how you were meant to be treated. And I think that goes back, you know, to being able to weigh both just this world that we're in and also infiltrating that with what scripture says. What does love look like? And I did one time about um, abusive relationships in general. You know, love says love is patient. Is he treating you patiently? Love is kind. Is he treating you kind or is she treating you kind? You need to look at if this doesn't feel right, it's probably because it's not. Hmm. You know, and understanding your gut. So it's important for parents on the front side. We need to remember, too, sometimes the relationships that are out of front of us are what we're going to model. Mm. Mm. Back to that convicting I did thing, parents. I darn it. Just want to fix there. them and not deal with my exactly. stuff. <laughs> um, I do not understand why that keeps happening. Over here, look in the mirror. Um, part of it. So, as far as group dating is concerned, if it is a group scenario, you know, 13, 14 year olds, sure. I think 12 year olds, there might still need to be like you can go on a double date with your parents. Parents can be at one table and the kiddos can be at another. You know, there's probably still needs to be the, the younger the age, the more parental supervision, obviously. Yeah. Um, with group dating, a lot of boundaries. You know, it needs to be clear on what the parent's asking. Don't assume they know. And I made a lot of middle school students unhappy in mm -hmm. 12 years of doing this and talking about it. But I told every parent and every time we'd get together and talk, I would say that nobody should go on a date until they're in high school. Mm. In the day, I knew too many horror stories about middle school kids mm. sending pictures, sending nudes, doing mm. stuff, getting yeah. involved early, and nothing good ever came from it. Mm -hmm. I think I've met maybe two people in my life that got married that dated a middle school. Mm. It's very rare, very few that you're going to stay mm. together and really have that relationship. And I just feel very strongly as a parent that I would say none for me. But that's an opinion. <laughs> that's not the Bible. That's not 100% written in stone. But at our house, that will be. So my parents growing up, their thing was you can't date till you can drive them on a date. Mm. 16. That was the deal. Mm -hmm. When you're on your own, you're making money and you can work at 16. You do something and do that. That's when you're eligible and responsible enough to date. Yeah. And so that's just one opinion. That's one thing. That's one opinion. So, and, oh, go ahead. You know, and we've talked about this before. Brain's not fully formed till you're 25. So we've got to remember that, well, my child can make good decisions. I mean, I believe that your child can make good decisions, but your child's brain's not fully formed. And some of those chemicals start kicking and, in, and, and they don't make good and decisions. Hormones, <laughs> and nobody thinking right, right? So, you know, don't assume that they know. Don't assume that it 
well, they'll never do that. Well, if you never talk about it, how will you ever know? So I think that's why that open communication and normalizing certain behaviors is so important. Like, come and talk to me about those things. You know, this is this is our biblical standard that we're going to go by, and we don't want to, you know, we have three parenting styles. We have that authoritarian that says, you cannot breathe without my permission. You know, it's that very rigid style. You have the permissive, you want to jump off the roof, great, what time, you know. And then you have this authoritative, which allows that mixture that says, you know what, you can be you, and I want you to have that full life, but we're going to have to put boundaries around it too. But that's harder, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> it's way easier to just go extreme one way or the other. Exactly, right? Because <laughs> I'm going to go in my room, I don't care what you do, good exactly. luck for the next hour. I'm take the you know do all of these things and good luck you're not coming out of your room till you're 25 and your brain is fully formed then we can have the conversation it takes a lot more effort and intentionality and work and it's hard it is it is hard none of this is easy and so you know we got to remember that they're going to be heavy right brain which is your emotional side mm. and those chemicals are dropping we got hormones involved the older that we get now some children the younger they are some of them have raging hormones as well you know we know middle school is their own entity Mm. (laughs) on there and so being able to respect where they are but understand that you know yeah i have to put limits on it because the brain's not even fully formed to have that logical side of things sometimes that's right yeah someone who got married at 22 people do mention that sometimes like (laughs) you weren't even your brain wasn't fully developed exactly we've been married 12 years now i know why (laughs) (laughs) learn together So let's go back to the birds and the bees talk. Yes. It's never fun, never exciting. Nobody ever really wants to do it, but it is important. So do you have something that would be a place to start? Like a parent's like, man, you know what? We really need to do that. How do you do it? Is there some a book? Is there something you would say to do? What do they need to say? Yeah. So there are several books. Um, There's one by... um, I'm not going to say her last name right. That's all right. Mo Isom. Mo Isom? The uh, Olympian? I think the one that's from Louisiana. Or soccer player played in the Olympics, right? She was LSU soccer player for sure. We'll look it up. We'll confirm Okay, that. yeah, right. we'll look that up. <laughs> um, but one of them wrote a book. Yes. <laughs> and um, that uh, she has a lot of good information just about dating and understanding things. Um, also, Josh McDowell has a lot of information focused on the family has a lot of good information. They talk about, here's some age-appropriate stuff. I also have a, um, and I'll send you the link, Evan, but I did a PowerPoint where it's Let's Have the Talk, and it breaks down how to talk to children at different developmental uh, milestones, um, the types of things to talk about, the language that you can use. It does address a lot of different um, issues in there, and so the parent can pick and choose. You know, they don't have to do the whole PowerPoint because I think it's like 35 slides. <laughs> but that's good. But no, I'll put a link in that in the show notes yes, as well with the other yes. stuff. That's so great. I will send you that link. I'm looking up. Are you looking Mo Isom was not an Olympian, but she did play LSU soccer. Oh, okay. And the name of her book is Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations the go. Church See, Forgot. See, I knew I wasn't losing we my mind. You, that's that's good. You know, I'm not always the smartest bulb in the box, but by golly, I got that one. (laughs) So we'll put a link to that in show notes if you missed that or did it. It's called Sex, Jesus, and the Conversation that the Church Forgot, and we'll put Perry's PowerPoint notes in there. on there, and that will help, but I think doing those kind of things. um, Because it just gives you somewhere to start. I mean, it's like most people aren't like, you know what, I feel really confident going into this, and I'm going to tell them the birds and the bees because I know it all. (laughs) And I'll send you another link, too. Um, There is a website that is – Good pictures, bad pictures. 
We've had the children's book. Yeah. Okay. So there's a children's and there is a teen or a a middle school even. Um, She also has a great website that has a lot of wonderful resources um, on it. So, again, talking about um, the different things, the the age-appropriate type language to have on there. Kristen Jensen is her yes, name. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So we'll link that. And so if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts or with Spotify, when you go to the show notes, you can see it, and there'll be hyperlinks in there so you can find all the stuff if you're yeah. driving listening right now because you want to look it up later and find out. Mm-hmm. And the stuff. other thing I'll say yes. is have a car conversation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you sit down to talk to kids about sex, like, you know, we're going to have this difficult conversation. First of all, you're nervous. <laughs> all of you is going to show that. And the kid's like, I do not want to have this conversation right right now, right? So they're looking all around the room. So I've told people, get your kids, stick them in the back seat. We're going to Sonic. No eye contact. And we're going to (laughs) have, and we're going to have this conversation. Nobody has a look at each other, but everybody's hearing each other, and you can have the car conversation. And sometimes that just loosens it up a a little bit, especially that first one that you might have. That's worth listening to this podcast right there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, On there. And so, you know, being able to, again, you may not have all the answers there, ask it. It is perfectly okay to say, you know what, I don't have that answer right now. But I'm going to figure that out for you. And maybe we can come back and talk about it. So do you feel like it is better that the parent, like, does that and schedules that at a certain age or time? Or you wait for your kid to ask or bring it up? There you go. Yeah, you definitely want to bring that up. Because if you wait for them to bring it up, there there's something called unwritten rules. We have them all in our lives. Um, an unwritten rule is if, if you don't talk about it, it, we don't have to discuss it. Right? I don't have exist. to say that. By the way, I'm going to put this rule in the refrigerator. Nobody talk about sex. Okay? <laughs> we don't have to. Nobody talk about relationships. Don't ask me if you could date. It's all done. Don't talk about it until you're 25. Um, but by just sheer act, if, if my child comes to me and says, hey, where do babies come from? Oh, what time does um, baby boss come on? Well, you know what? It comes on in 15 minutes. We're going to have that discussion. Well, the unwritten rule is there. That's not safe to talk about. Hmm. We don't, you know, we have to be cautious of those things that could come out because we feel uncomfortable. Right. Yes, it's uncomfortable. And no, we, should we have to have that conversation? No. That's not, you know, God didn't design us to, to live in a fallout world. But here we are. And so we do have to have that conversation for the sake of the child, you know, and it can feel uncomfortable. And if we wait till they ask us, Josh McDowell actually uh, has this line in his book, if we wait till they ask, we've waited too late. That's good. That's convicting. Yeah. And so the sooner the better, you know, when you're working with a two or three year old, you're just naming body parts and just and you want to name them by their proper name. Because should one of the things that the research has shown and one of the difficulties that happens, should a child be touched inappropriately, if you've not given them the correct names to call themselves, vagina, penis, then when they go to the police officer, the police officer says, where did you touch me or where were you touched? And my ho-ho, well, ho-ho can mean a lot of things to different people. And right. so there's no concrete way to say that. And so that just helps. Don't be scared of those things. God created us in a beautiful image. And we want to let our children know how beautiful love can be mm. and how beautiful sex can be. But if we shame it and we hide it, it's hard for them to understand that yep. at the end of the day. Absolutely. So let's move into high school when it starts okay. getting more real. <laughs> So let's assume all of these responsible parents have had the talk. They've said it. Their kids are ready to go on one-on-one dates now. They're 16, 17, 18. 
Do you need to have another talk? Do you bring it up again? Do you just say, yeah, I did it one time four years ago and you're good? Oh, I'm so, Evan <laughs> saw my face. Don't worry. I was like, oh. Um, but I think that's way. what some people feel. Yeah. So this is an ongoing conversation. Um, the more you have the conversation, the more it's normalized, the more the child is scared to come to you to have the conversation. So, no, this is not a, I said it back when you were two and you should have remembered it um, <laughs> on there. This is an ongoing conversation. Now, when it comes to high schoolers, we are dealing a lot more with hormones. We are dealing with um, a lot more peer-to-peer relationship, um, a lot more different dynamics. Some of them have their car, now they're driving and the freedom. And so, again, going back to boundaries, knowing the child needs to understand what is expected. um, And the parent also needs to be um, consistent Mm. with those expectations. So, you know, if we... If we aren't consistent, the child goes, well, I can push or I can do what I want, and it's it's not going to matter. So we've got to be consistent with the expectations. And that starts at preschool. That starts ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) And the problem is, and I think you would agree with this, is I've met and talked with parents of, well, we want to fix this and do it now. It's a Mm -hmm. crisis. Mm -hmm. But you're five, eight, ten years behind (laughs) where you've made the the expectation. And it's a lot of work to undo it. Mm -hmm. And I bet you as a counselor, people probably get frustrated of, I mean, they've seen you three times, Perry, for an hour. Why are you not (laughs) undone everything we've done for the last ten years? Mm -hmm. And you got to try to figure that out going forward. Exactly. Well, and one of the things is boundaries, right? So Mm -hmm. I've probably said that word 16,000 times since January 1st. (laughs) But, you know, with boundaries is – there's a meme out there, one of those quotes, whatever, where somebody has said, the people who are angriest about you having boundaries are the ones who benefited from you having none. Mm. Mm. Say that again. Yes, those who are angriest about your boundaries are the ones who benefited from you having none. And so children are going to be hot mess expressed when you lay down that law if you waited to do it when they were 16 rather than when you were 6. So expect them to be mad about it. Right. In addition, sometimes kids are just like, I want to do what I want to do, and you're not going to tell me anything. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that's fine. Um, just remember, I have the keys to the vehicle. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. No. Um, but in reality, sometimes we are setting newer boundaries, but they've been, if we have been setting boundaries the whole time, they are going to be accustomed to us setting boundaries. But if we've never set boundaries and all of a sudden we're wanting to set boundaries, they're going to fight us on it. And it's going to be like riding a bucking horse. They're just, (laughs) I'm going to buck until either you give in or I get broken. So, you know, go for that on that. So I think with parents, you know, especially if you're going to allow your child to date in high school, you definitely need to have firm, consistent boundaries uh, with that. But you also don't want to be so rigid that they don't feel safe enough to come talk to you. So what would some of those boundaries be? Just an example. Sure. You're talking about just in general? Well, yeah, Yeah. for your high school. it might be, you know... um, if you if you're going to watch, we're going to use the example because a lot of kids like to go eat and then watch a movie. So you know, um, if they have a phone or which probably by 14 most of them do, even if it's a flip phone, they don't have to have the big old iPhone. Harry, what world are you living in? <laughs> I would say anecdotally, 90 percent of eighth graders have a cell phone that yeah. is a smartphone. You now. are using the 10 dollar word today. That's right. You like that? <laughs> That's twice. Well, I don't want to be like I don't have good research and data, but <laughs> you and me have been around a lot of teenagers. We've seen a lot of people, and just observing over the last oh, 10 yes. years. I didn't get my first iPhone until I was married when I paid for it myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have a smartphone. Yeah. But now I would say that it's probably 90% of eighth graders have one. I, I agree. I agree. And so, you know, therefore, 
you're going to go eat with your friends, then you are to communicate here when I'm there, um, leaving to movie when I'm going to the movie. Of course, we know that there are apps out there like 360, Find My Friends. Um, In general, how do you feel about that? I've never asked you about that. What? 360. You're you cool with parents tracking them? You think? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of parents use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no problem with it. I mean, especially when 18 is when you're an adult. So prior to that, I'm responsible for you. Even though I'm your brain's not you developed. I'm 18, <laughs> right. but you know. Right. Um, you know, so I, I'm for it. Yeah. You know. But I think that gives parents, some parents permission because I think some think it's like, well, it's very draconian. It's over the top. It's, that's not the big word for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you and that's where the privacy factor. Right. I just want privacy. Well, when you're 18 and you're out on your own, you're going to have as much privacy as you want to have. But because it is important for me to take care of your safety, I'm going to know where you are. It's I think not a it right. Is important. <laughs> it is not me sneaking up on you or, you know, checking in on you. It is really, I want to make sure you're safe yep. on there. Do I need to know that you went 10 feet to the bathroom? No, I don't need that. That's an issue with me. If I'm like, where are you right now? <laughs> you know, I moved 10 feet, mom, you know? <laughs> um, but, you know, being able to say I'm here, I'm leaving. So the boundary may be you check in with me. Um, if you know that this is like, you're going over to a friend's house, and you're going to be playing board games till 11 o'clock at night. Well, then it is, I want to check in every 45 minutes or every hour. Having fun. That's all I need from you. Unless you know where that person, you know a lot about that family or something like that, you may not need that. But 11, I expect you to be home. Hmm. And if you're not home at 11, I should be getting a text at 1030. Because at 1030, you knew you wouldn't be home at 11. Right. Right. And it's the same thing that we've talked about with preschool kids. Of mm-hmm. You set them up with the expectation that they have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And if you don't choose to be home at curfew, there's consequences. You exactly. choose that. Absolutely. It doesn't change. It's just evolves. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. same idea. But it's hard to be consistent and do it. And again, I think most parents swing so far one way or the other that you're not going to date at all. You can't have any freedom or do whatever you want. I don't care. Right. That middle ground is trickier it is i had a client in my office the other day he was like you know too bad parenting didn't come with a manual <laughs> i was like parenting um being a child i mean we didn't come with manuals it's called the bible <laughs> <laughs> hello we're in the 22nd 21st century hello. no but again that's why i really do this podcast is i really want to help this be a manual and advice yeah. something to hear again try to bring on different people and different experiences and not saying anybody has the exact right way right. but you can listen and hear okay man perry is somebody that's a counselor that says it's okay to have life 360 but in my circle of friends all the parents are like oh, you don't need to do that and it'll mm-hmm. be over the top and track them and, but i kind of want to <laughs> or whatever <laughs> fill in the blank but that's why i hope this podcast helps parents and does it because you do not have a manual you don't right. have an exact way to do it and every kid's different every kid so even different. if you have two kids so would you say for parents it's a uh, if your first kid dates and it goes well keep the same rules but if it goes badly do you think you let the second kid still have the chance because i think a lot of times what happens is if the older sibling goes and does something wrong the second kid third kid gets punished right mm-hmm. so you bring up a good point i'm, I'm glad you did because i meant to mention this a minute ago is we have to i mean reality is we have to look at maturity level yeah. and so i often tell people there's four ages to us there's a physical age there's a cognitive age a social age and an emotional age you know we can be in different formats but emotionally is very important so if i'm 15 but emotionally i'm 13 I cannot look at my 15-year-old and go, you can have single dates if I know emotionally we're stunted over here. And so we kind of have to look at that a little bit. There may be some room for growth there. So for 
two children in a household and one got it on par, whatever, they might have a little bit more freedom than, you know, the other child because the maturity is different. Yeah. And so I think we also have to look at that. And that is not shaming or favoritism. The other child. That's right. not favoritism. That just is. And so our job as parents is not just to keep our children physically safe. It's also to keep them spiritually safe, to keep them spiritually healthy, mm. to keep them emotionally healthy. So if I know that they're going out and this could be troublesome or this could be they're not fully prepared for that I may have to set some other boundaries in place you know I may it may be no it's it's parental supervision y'all can all go to the movies together I'm driving you and I'm picking you up and that may be part of what you have to do if you're willing to do that, you know. So I think that's where the parent has to be okay with the choices given. So I cannot give a choice to a child and then be upset when they choose one of the choices. <laughs> <laughs> but why? <laughs> I didn't, turn I didn't want them to pick that one. <laughs> I just said hey, I'm it. giving you A, B, and C, but don't pick C. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, I think just looking back again, there were seventh graders that I knew that were more mature and I trusted to do more things than high school seniors. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it just depends. You're right. It is different. But those different levels of ability, I think, I think it's hard because you want to just do a blanket thing, right? Yeah. That it's yeah. apparent. You just want to say, All right, I decided this, it's done. But it's so nuanced and it's so ever changing and it's so mm -hmm. difficult. And then again, you probably bring in your own baggage of dating and every Amen. person has their own experiences, of what they think. And you either overreact because you had bad dating experiences or you overreact because you had great and then it'll be fine and everything mm -hmm. will be good. You don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's complicated. Parents. It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> so last question, because yes. I did actually talk to a parent about this recently. What do you do if you don't like your kid's boyfriend or girlfriend? <laughs> Get out of my house. No, uh -huh, I'm just kidding. Right? Just kidding. Because I've known parents that they actually get to know the person they're dating well. They have them for dinner. They talk. They do it. And they actually like them. And then it's hard sometimes for the parents when they break up. I know. <laughs> and then I know some that they never have a conversation with them, have never talked and mm -hmm. got to know the person they're dating at all because, like, oh, I'll figure it out when they get married. Yeah. But to build that relationship to do it the right way or if you're like, hey, this is a red flag mm -hmm. over and over with this person. I don't like them. How do you talk about that with your kid? Yeah. So, you know, there's a few things. The younger, the more... Um, I won't say, I don't like to use the word authority, but it's the only language I have right now. You have of saying, yeah, that's not going to work out for you, right? Um, because maybe you have red flags. However, here's a little side note for the parent. Sorry, hitting y'all again on this, is you have to look at what's going on inside of you. So is yeah. that child, we know those children can be triggering. They can remind us about somebody in our past. They can remind us about some wounds maybe that we haven't healed yet. So we really have to look at, is this something about me or is it something about this person? So I need to check myself in that moment and go, what is it about this situation that's really hitting home with me? Um, <clears throat> sometimes too, with the child is that or if that boyfriend or girlfriend you don't like is they may have been raised differently than you raise your children there may be different things there and so you may have to address that with your uh, child and just say you know what I noticed that he doesn't always speak kindly to you mm. I'm not okay with that and so if he continues to speak unkindly to you 
he may not, you know, y'all may not see each other. And then they'll probably roll their eyes and blow it off. Oh, Mom, I (laughs) never even say that. But they probably remember it later. Mm -hmm. And I know looking back as an adult, I was always thankful my parents had those conversations, even when I didn't like them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I can look back now and see they cared about me. They took an interest Mm -hmm. in my life. They loved me. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. But it matters. It does matter. And even with my young kids, they come back and say something. I was like, you did not act like you listened when I said that at all. <laughs> you were doing something else and you were distracted. It's like, how did you remember that I said that? But they're listening. They do notice when you take an interest and they might not outwardly show it, but it's a big deal to have the conversation even Absolutely. if it's awkward. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I have known some parents who were counting stories to me and, you know, the, the child was being totally disrespectful to their own child and they was like, hey, can I speak to you outside for a second? Let's have a guy moment. And being able to have that conversation didn't embarrass. So as the, the parent, you would like pull the boyfriend mm-hmm, out talking to your mm-hmm. daughter. Yeah. And have that conversation. My daughter is not for talking to you that way. If you choose to continue that, you'll choose not to have her in your life because that's not acceptable. And so, you know, that's okay to do that as well as long as you honor. Remember that I've said this before and it's kind of like my, my tagline, I guess you would say, you can't ask of others what you're not willing to do yourself. Mm. So, you know, again, if you're being the model, that what are you modeling so when you when your child is even watching you take this other person aside that means something like you're respectful enough you're not going to embarrass him right in front of me because that embarrasses the child yeah there's different things like that and sometimes that's not always doable i recognize that there's every there's an exception to every rule but you also want to as best you can show the child what it is to handle a relationship on there how do you speak kindly to someone when you have to set a firm boundary Hmm. and if i myself and this parent am not setting boundaries with you how am i going to expect you to set it in your relationships Hmm. i haven't modeled what you need to do and so that's where i think sometimes children not children i guess you would well i mean they are children but (laughs) you know high school students get into some really sticky situations in relationships sometimes codependent relationships sometimes um intrusive types of relationships because they don't know where where that line is on there so it's important that's why it's important to have the conversation that's why it's important to set boundaries and model boundaries and you know again expectations understanding the expectations that all go along with it as always that is great advice thank you thank you for helping us happy valentine's day happy valentine's we're gonna wrap up after you give us any more recommendations or resources anything else that you have with the first date with brian reed because i did not forget so i'm not gonna (laughs) lie to you right off the top of my head every book has left and you know how many books i I have have a lot (laughs) you listed a bunch of stuff so go back and check the show notes find those on there i will send you those they will be in the link i guess that you're gonna put up with this and a ton of great resources out there i'll get that list for you so that they can have we can help you parents listening yes all right thank you perry now if anybody wants to stick around we want to hear about your first date with Brian Reed. I didn't forget <laughs> I that you threw that out. That. No, absolutely not. You were married to Brian on staff with us. He's been I on this am. podcast. What was y'all's first date? All right. So here's here's the funny story. Okay? I'm ready. So talking about boundaries. Mm. Okay. So the very first date, he said, I'll come pick you up at six. Like, great. And, if and y'all knows, work together. Yes, we work together. That's too, right. right. It was Pam it was, and Jim uh, yes. in our office relationship. I know. Everybody said it was weird. I'm like, no, y'all made it weird. <laughs> we didn't make it weird. Um, but it was funny because six to him obviously was not the same six to me. Oh, no. Yes. So he was late. Six on the clock looks the same as it does on your clock, but for some odd reason. So he said, I'll be there at six. So six comes along, 605. 
610, and I'm like, he did not just stand me up because I know where his office is. <laughs> I ain't going to no be awkward tomorrow. On that door, right? <laughs> and so at like 620, he showed up. And so anybody who knows me knows I have an issue with time. If you're on time for me, this is me. If you're on time, you're late. You were early to this podcast. Yeah, you I were was. sitting in the parking lot I waiting was. for me. I cannot. I like have to have five minutes cushion. I got to know I'm that. here. I'm okay. And so like 620 knocks on my door. I was like, hey, um, wreck, um, something in the road. Like, right. oh, I just, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm like, oh, no, sir. Red so flag. I told him at that minute, <laughs> you know, at 545, you weren't going to be here at 6. It would have been wise to call me at 545 because this beautiful thing right here was ready at 6. Mm. So that was our first. But y'all recovered. <laughs> but then we got over it. That's he right. Learned. I will tell you this. He's very sweet and has done it since day one. Um, I said, I made a statement and I don't, he hadn't done it yet. Or I can't remember what I said. We were just talking and I said, I think it is so romantic. I'm like a hopeless romantic. I was born in the wrong era. (laughs) Um, but I love it when men, you know, open the door. I, anytime I see a child, uh, that opens the door, I'm always like, wow, thank you so much for doing that. Yes. And do you know from day one until... I mean, not forever. Um, he has always opened my car door for me, opened the door for me. Hasn't I always just, been on time, yeah. but we'll open the door. <laughs> That's a good he man. He figured it out. That's right. On there. So, yeah. Thanks, Perry. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on. Always appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to that episode. I always enjoy getting to talk to Perry. I've known Perry a long time and know she has a heart to help teenagers and help parents of teenagers and students of all ages to help them to figure these things out now as they're growing up to help them to be healthier and better. If you want any questions or any of those resources, make sure you look in the show notes again, find those books and check it out. And if you have a question for me, email me, evan at thesimpletourch.tv. Would love to hear topics or things you want to know about in this new year. And thanks again for downloading. Subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the Parent Stuff Podcast.